We live in a world that encourages us to remove ourselves from the human experience. Whether it's looking at our phones too long, forgetting how to talk to someone face to face, or just straight up giving in and convincing ourselves that a chicken nugget is actual food. It's not food, it's silence. I don't know about you, but this freaks me out. So I've started a podcast, my antidote to this silliness. It's time to blow our minds. My name is Will Fleming. Welcome to my podcast, Please Blow My Mind. Carl, welcome to the podcast, brother. Kilda, thank you. <laughs> You're fresh off the plane, coming all the way in from uh, UK. Yeah, I'm coming from London um, yesterday morning, but hanging in there. Yeah, and you know, jet lag's one of those things, eh, that um, until you have it, you forget how hard it is to like just keep you. Like I, I often talk on this podcast about sleep, for example. Yeah, and no, you don't know what it's like, and, but, and you forget as well, yeah. but I feel const- I'm nearly constantly in jet lag these days because <laughs> of lots of travel now i heard someone talk the other day about um kind of this idea of practice what you preach and and i guess what they were saying is they were in the mindfulness sector right and yeah. they were talking about travel and all of a sudden what had happened in his world is he was saying these things that he couldn't actually live up to because of the travel you just mentioned travel i mean how how do you find routine and that kind of stuff are you always on the go is that kind of part of running your business and all that kind of stuff being on the go, this is what I'm kind yeah, of asking. Yeah. And, I mean, I'm always traveling. I mean, it seems to be like I have periods where I'm at home for a month and then I'm traveling for mm. three weeks and mm. I'm back at home and I'm going away for two days. And um, But, I mean, it's just it's at a point in my life where I'm committed to doing that now. Yeah. So um, I'm just going to go for it. Yeah. And, you know, there's, there's consequences. Um, there's the downside. Um, but there's the upside as well. So mm. um, I just, but I'm I'm out there now. I'm determined to get you know get as much done as possible. I love it, man. I love it. And that's kind of, you know, the interesting thing is I follow you on LinkedIn and yep. social media, and I've I've checked in to see what's going on. But I realise in these chats we don't actually know what's going on until you sit down and chat with someone. Yeah. You know. So, yeah. I mean, would you give us a short bio on? And I asked this not to put you on the spot, but I reckon it's good for us to explain it, who who we are and what we do, because mm, yeah, we do yeah. it now only in in written form. Yep. But to give people the opportunity to say, like, you know, how do you see what you do? Yeah. Well, I think too, because you're also on media like LinkedIn, mm. you're trying to present a, a particular aspect yep. of what you do. So you, um, and it's not the whole story. Mm. And I mean, even what I tell you now is not going to be the whole story, of course. But yeah. I just want to um, acknowledge, or you, Tenakwe, Kitamihia Te Kiakoto, Wakarongo Maikia Kiahau, Kotaranaki Tamanga, Kowaitara Teawa, Ngati Maru, Kotiatiawa, Kuiwi, Kokal Tokuingua. Um, it's really lovely to be back here cool. um, in Aotearoa. I live in London, and um, just a little bit about me. Um, I was brought up in Upper Hutt um, in Taranaki, and then um, went to University of Otago, did law, mm. um, was a lawyer here in, in Taranaki, and I did Māori land law and property law, and then I went to, to um, the United Kingdom and settled in London mm. uh, and with my family, three children. Wow. And um, was a lawyer for four years, and then um, somebody, one of our friends, um, they started up a little kapa, a little kapa haka group, and they asked me to come along and be part of that. And mm. so this was 2004, and um, they didn't get me in because I was good at haka. <laughs> um, they got, they got me in, I think, because of my um, business skills, and um, also, you know, I, I love haka and I love, mm. but um, they had the skills, they had the beautiful voices, and. Um, so we started off with six of us doing kapahaka. Um, our group was called Manaya. 
Um, and it was really good, but it was very difficult, you know, to run it as a full-time business. Mm. So we decided we we're going to start doing haka as a way of making a living for us in London. Mm. Um, and it came about as a result of um, us being part of Ngāti Rārana, our community group, and all the amazing thing, uh, things that they do, the, the great work they do in terms of promoting our culture. Um, but what, because it's a voluntary organisation, you know, they couldn't pay their people. So mm. we just saw there's a hell of a lot of opportunity out there um, if we could um, convince people to pay us. And um, so we could leave our work and start doing that as a full-time job. Mm. Um, and it was, it was really difficult. It was really hard. Um, and there were too many people, you know, making decisions. And, um, but so after a while, it was just me and um, Katea, my wife then, uh, we were running Manaya, um, and then it just seemed to take off, and it took off with the economy. It took off with the Rugby World Cup in 2007. Wow. Um, and then, so we're still running Manaya um, as a kappa, um, but we also have um, something else called Haka Works now, and that's something which is my passion. You know, mm. it's what I mainly focus on. Uh, so what that is, we we were performing haka once for IBM, which is a, a corporate and organisation, um, and then at, at the end of that haka, somebody came up to us as one of the executive directors and said to me, um, "We love watching you, but we want to feel what you feel mm. when you haka together." And we just thought. Yeah, I get it. It's like this way we stand together and we're proud of who we are and we're connected to one another. We've got this really powerful energy. Mm. And for them to um, ask for a similar experience was you know, something new in our heads. Yeah. We thought, well, how can we actually help them? Um, and we just came up with a program where we broke down our rituals that we go through. And it's not just haka. There's a whole lot that goes prior to that mm. um, to enable them to experience the same thing. I mean, it's never going to be the same as us, but it's pretty close, you know. It's 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 pretty close. It's a little bit like, it's not exactly the same, but it's like the caravan. Like for me, this represents camping. Yeah. And camping represents a, a bit of an isolation, a yeah. good isolation. And, mm. you know, the campfire and you think about how you talk to people differently than in the corporate world. And I mean, yes, we're broadcasting and this is television, if you want to call it that, but it's not. It's something else. And I wonder if that's what's, you know, the world's asking for now. It's like we've got all these concrete cities. But we're, we're losing the bits that gave us that togetherness, you know. And so we've got to find a way to to bring that back in. And, and that's why I love um, this chat right now, you yeah. know. No, that's exactly, you're right. Um, because I'll, I'll tell you something. I did this clown course. Yeah. And it was incredible because they sort of broke through this exterior that we have, you know, mm. this ego that we have where we carry around with us to protect us. And they stripped it away and then... Um, you know, we were able to look at who we really are deep inside and share that with us, others. And we had this small group around us doing this together. And um, but we, she just got us doing kind of crazy stuff, you know, that we'd never usually do. But we felt free and open to do so. But um, And then part of the course was she took us outside of this classroom into the centre of London. Um, we could continue being in, our, in this role mm. but as soon as I stepped outside and I saw structure I saw people in uniforms I saw buildings um, I saw path, you know, footpaths all of a sudden I just sort of shrunk back into what was expected of me mm. and to break out of that is really quite difficult mm. to say this is who I am not 
what people expect me to be you know that's and haka does help you get there and that's really the the purpose of what we do yeah and I'm, I'm guilty at times of kind of connecting dots that maybe shouldn't be connected but i am okay being known for an over connector because i like the fact that for example haka can represent the middle ground between like a uh, like a common space you know like um you have take it for example when the all blacks do it um there's actually nothing about the game apart from i mean there is there's the challenge but there's also this other conversation which is a bunch of people connecting for one moment before you go back to your teams you know and you, you root for the other team or whatever it mm. is but uh, so are you talking about the team itself or are you talking about the, the audience or everybody yeah, like or? both everyone in yeah. that moment it's like mm. we talk about mindfulness yeah there's um, mindfulness must be off the charts during all black hacker because yeah. everyone's only thinking about that exact moment not yeah. about uh, well I think if you do it properly you're not actually thinking you're just being true, present true know? true. and I think we have this phrase tihei modi order mm. and I think that basically captures this idea of I exist mm. I am you know and you don't have to talk about it you're just being you're yeah. being there with your with your people mm. if it's in, the, in a rugby team the All Blacks or a kappa and you just um I mean, there's there's a whole lot of processing you need to go prior to getting to that state, of and course. I think that's the difficult part. Yeah. But the end result is um, you're just there without thought, you mm. know. But you have a, an immense amount, amount of personal power that you're connecting with. You're sharing it with others, so it's collective communal power. Mm. And then you have a co-papa, you know. What is your reason for being together? And all that power gets channeled towards achieving that. You know, it's easy to get confused too because I I see some comments. Um, you posting on um, LinkedIn yeah. just advising that you're not doing it properly sometimes or, or positively saying you know just um, not calling out but just educating and I, I say that because it's very important because you can think you're doing the right thing but really you miss the essence and, and my example is social media right like you think you're doing the right thing by offering your opinion but you're missing the the actual way you're supposed to do it which is be in front of someone to be brave enough to go and say hey i disagree with you and then to share that moment to give them the opportunity to say it back to you know their point of view for example and and so sometimes um i wonder if it's a very fine line you know we took we want the cultural bit we want to grab the all black jersey and put it on but yeah. if you don't really understand why you're doing that, if it's just the commercial emblem, um, and you know you think yeah. you've got the, you get the endorphin hit, you get the proudness, but to forget, you know, the kind of the culture, I guess, and that's something you can't really bottle away. Eh? Yeah, I mean it's really difficult because, and there's a whole range, um, there's a whole spectrum. You know, mm. even I'm on a spectrum as well, and I've been doing this for 15 years. Mm. And there's people out there, of course, who are, who are experts who have been doing it for a lot longer than me, who have an immense amount of depth, and that's depth of knowledge, mm. um, and um, and I'm just one person along the spectrum. And most people I work with, of course they have no idea what hacker is mm. um, or they might have a, an understanding or misunderstanding of what it is yeah. um, so how do you how do you deal with that um, I think firstly they need to know and what what, what we're starting to tell them more and more now is that this is ours this is this belongs to me in terms of being Maori this belongs to us in terms of being Maori um, and we're sharing it with you um, because it helps you access a particular part of yourself who you might have otherwise hidden or not know exists. Um, and that's what Haka does. Mm. Um, but it doesn't mean it's yours, you know. It's just a methodology so you can understand who you are as a fuller person, a more complete person. Mm. Um, and I think to really know 
the other extreme to really know haka as is maori is really just to be all the things that we've been taught is being connected to um, your land to your people and that comes from actually living on the land living with your people and hearing those stories and um, and singing those songs and doing those haka and mm-hmm. then that's when it's um, at another level which most people can't experience but I still think uh, and this is why I'm prepared to share it is because it does allow you to be a better a more fuller person yeah. a more complete understanding of what you are as a human mm-hmm. and as I said again um, in this western world we tend to like s- siphon that part of us away yeah. we're scared of it yeah. we're afraid of it we don't want to go there so we hide it it comes out in weird ways like maybe football games yeah. or some sort of violence that we yeah. you know comes out in, in us as an individual so have um have like schools and that reached out because I kind of feel like uh you know sometimes the resource goes to adults because we've got yeah. the money you know yeah. we can have these days where people yeah. come and educate us but this would be valuable for all of our kids or maybe maybe that is being implemented I do see a, a lot of culture coming back into school and maybe just um, maybe I relate it to my schooling days in the 80s you know where yeah. it was all basically foot rot flats and everything you know and all blacks and you had to be the toughest person out but now it's like yeah we, we're introducing for example pronunciation Yeah, it's not cool to go on TV or anywhere and not try yeah, even yeah. though it's cringe when you hear it, eh? And, <laughs> and yeah, I come from that upbringing where you just wouldn't try and it's trying to work out. I mean, do you kind of spend time in your workshops with pronunciation too? Um, we have a limited time. I mean, I'm in of the course. UK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and yeah. Um, we work. With, so to answer your first question, we yeah. work with schools, mm. um, but. I mean, they don't have the same sort of resource, so I can't mm. commit the same sort of people towards yep. doing it. But, I um, mean, it's a different, it's different altogether mm. when working with adults. I mean, you got more time, um, and you can well, take your time through it. But you got to deal with the, the the young children at that particular age that mm. they're going through and how they respond to that sort of thing. It's it's different if you're seven, nine, fourteen. It's yep. all different, you yep. know. So, um, in terms of pronunciation, you just got to think, you know, if. Even when they see us coming out to perform a haka, it's like, what the hell? You know, who are these people running into my conference mm. um, in costume, um, traditional costume yelling? You know, and to them, it's just off the scale. They just don't get it. Mm. Um, and then we get some time to talk through them, uh, talk to them about what is haka, what, what, who are Maori, who are the Polynesians, how do we get there, um, and why we do haka, how we do haka. And then, you know, there's several haka that we teach and mm-hmm. we, um, yeah, we teach them the words and the actions. And again, I'm dealing with people from all around the world. Um, so some of them can pick it up just like that. You know, a lot of Spanish speaking people, for example, can pick up Maori pronunciation really right. easy. Germans can, can yes. as well. Yeah. yeah. And it's just the people have the problem with the English mm. and New Zealanders. Mm. <laughs> New Zealand. There are people, countries who have come from England. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, what do you think you'd be doing if. You mentioned, you know, doing the law in yep. four years. Did you run the algorithm in your head about what that pathway would have led to? Yeah. Um, well, when I was at university, I just, 
um, I was really motivated to do law so I could help my people, you know, mm. in, in quotes. Yeah. Um, and of course, the journey is really about helping yourself. True. Um, yeah. And then you got to work out what's best for myself, what's best for my family, and then does that translate into being best for my people? Mm. Um, and you can't force anything on people, of course. You just got to show by, um, by doing, you mm. know. And then, and if you if you have a big enough vision, and, um, and then you can pull people within your beliefs and your structure, and hopefully you've got a business that supports what you want to do. So I did think I'd end up working um, in, in the UE space, mm. and I was on my trust board, my Maori trust board for Ngāti Maru, um, for about four years, and that finished last year. Um, and I was a tribal negotiator for Ngāti Maru with the, with the claim mm-hmm. as well. So I just assumed... If I didn't do what I'm doing now, I'd end up right um, being in that space. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned um, kind of looking after yourself, and it's something that keeps coming up on this podcast. And I don't hear it in traditional areas. It's the the virtue is let's help others, and yep. that's the way to go. Yep. I'm really interested in how we can break down these barriers to saying something like. I care about making me as strong as I can be, you know, mentally, physically, so that when I have to take responsibility of others yeah. or be part of something responsible, I can do it. Like, you know, we're strong, we're healthy. Uh, it just feels <laughs> wrong to say it. It sounds like you're being selfish. And I'm wondering what's the what's the line um, where you can say, because it makes sense if you say, if you're going to try and help someone and you're broken, you can't really offer help. You can kind of be there, but are you there? Um, is, is, you know, when you mentioned you got to make sure you're right, is that a cultural thing or is that a learnt um, um, realisation? Uh, no, I totally agree with you. The narrative is yeah. um, you um, are doing it for others, mm-hmm. you know, and this is what we're brought up with. But... I think the subtlety behind that yes. is you really need to understand yourself um, so that you're able to give to others. Yep. And um, I think that just comes through life experience and making a hell of a lot of mistakes and becoming broken and pulling yourself back together again. Mm. Um, and I just, a friend of mine, Tako Hoi Wano, um I remember him saying to me, you know, I was talking about our children because our kids are around the same age, and he, he did say to me, it's, um, you know, it's not what you say to your children. I'm sure he got this off somebody else. It's not what you tell your kids to do. It's how you behave as an adult, mm. you know, that they, they see. So, um, and then that's how they learn from watching you. Mm. Um, so I just think, you know, yeah, know, know thyself yeah. um, is the most important thing, and then you're in a position to be able to give. Mm. It, it, I, and I'll, it sounds kind of. Um, I'm not saying it. You make it sound obvious. I, I think it does sound obvious that we. I think we deep down know that's the right way. It just gets confusing because it does feel better to, for example, give when you don't have because you at least you can control that. If you can't control all your own stuff, at least you can project um, a certain level of control when you when you give. But I always think about the, you know, on the plane they say. If there's trouble, you get the mask on you first, mm. and then you go straight. Because if you can't breathe, you 
kind of yeah. useless to helping and um it's sometimes trying to break these um cultural things down with that western umbrella it just gets confusing but i think there is a way to do it you know like uh i think and spend a bit of time thinking about how people pray and even if you don't or you do believe in higher power um i still think the act of talking out loud is the key but we don't ever talk about that you know so Mm, i think we don't talk about it so much that if you pray it sounds normal to people but if you don't mention god and still speak out loud it sounds weird Mm. like please make this conversation really awesome for us right now that just sounds weird but if you say please god make this conversation you know something like that so we're conditioned to if we're speaking to something else, um, yeah, be okay beyond with ourselves. It. But I think we should say, regardless of what your beliefs are, speaking out loud is just a bloody good thing. And we yeah, just, but it's ritualized too. Mm. I think there's rituals behind it. It's the same with karakia and the same with mihi yep. mihi yep. and, and, and prayers, I suppose, that you're, you're going through a ritual of, um, it's a cultural ritual of, well, for Māori, it's mm. um, with mihi mihi, you acknowledge others, yep. you know, um, and you acknowledge your ancestors and you acknowledge the tangata whenua. And I think that's all a form of manakitanga. Mm. Um, but I don't, I mean, you have to exist to be able to do that. Mm. You have to be present, you have to be yourself to be able to do that, you know. Um, yeah. uh, the interesting bit for me is that a lot of the people who listen to the podcast are the ones who are stuck in traffic in the morning getting to work, right? Or at the gym trying to work out why we're lifting this iron. And, and, I mean, we're all doing it for a reason. It just that reason gets confusing the deeper you get into being an adult. You know, you've got to go to work. You've got to pay these things. You've got to pay for your food and water. And it's like, why? And when you put it through the prism of, um, say, religion, for example, then you can at least add extra things to it, like we're doing it for community or, or, or suffering or something like that. But mm. we're trying to science our way out of everything these days, you know, like atoms and molecules and it doesn't quite feel right to me because i reckon that's awesome that we can have antibiotics when we're sick but why so many people sad now where's the Mm. antibiotic for that and obviously there is none and i think it's a little bit what we're talking about you know it's this idea of trying to find your meaning and i mean culture has that um i think conversation has that and we're just not doing it so yeah we just gotta i think what we're doing now is cool you know and 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 i think it translates i think if you're stuck in traffic listening or at home watching on youtube you're like oh yeah you know i these are just people there's no makeup there's no teleprompter there's just uh three of us in a caravan (laughs) in my backyard talking live to the world and i find something really cool about that I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yes, you yes, you do. Yes, you do. Hold on. I don't know what I'm talking about, but I think, we're talking. But I think um, if you're talking about <laughs> questioning why we do things. Yeah, it's exactly what I'm yeah. talking about. I'm, yeah. I'm talking about the fundamentals of why we do things. And if we need to understand why, or do we, is it all autopilot? No, you need, well, it's a luxury to understand why. Mm. And most people don't bother. Yeah. But there's so many levels to that. It's mm-hmm. o- it's overly complex. I just think when I when I come into um into Auckland today and two weeks ago I was in California mm. and I'm just thinking, God, everything is almost the same as California here in Auckland in terms of how, you know everything's set out and structured and, and the reliance on vehicles and how they've set up you know small shopping malls and, and which are accessible to people and I, and I and I just think people don't really think about that. They're just fed what they're, they're given. They mm. just, but it's. I think to think beyond that is 
is a real luxury. Not many people have the desire or or space to be able to do that. You know. Do you think that's the case, or do you think that that's just the majority of people we hear from, for example, um, on we on just, online platforms? Do you think really yeah. people don't think like? What we're talking about right now, because oh, I don't. Th- no, I think we just get fed crap and we just accept it, hmm. and it's <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's not. It doesn't. It doesn't. Um, it's not good for us. Yeah. Um, but we have such a limited um, span inside our, inside our brains, hmm. or, or it's, it's limited by time, that we just accept. 99.9% of the rubbish that's thrown at us mm. and then the, if we're lucky we get this little bit of time to be able to um, <laughs> think expansively beyond that mm. but for most people and, and this is where I think people get stuck in poverty as well because they don't they have even less uh, time to be able to consider um, their place within a system you know I think when, I, when I'm in America I just think the whole thing's a, it's a bit of a joke um, there's a huge system which, which everyone seems to have bought into, mm. um, which oppresses a huge amount of the population. And I'm talking millions and millions of people. And they can't see it, as far as I can tell. Most people can't see it. They just accept it. There's an American dream that if they work hard um, and are really talented, they'll get ahead. But that is, the, you know, when that happens, it's such a small amount of population for the reality of the most people. It's not... It's not even true. It's never going to happen. Yeah. Uh, so, knowing this, does it? Do you feel optimistic? And I know you have to wear part business hat, but also, hopefully, most of your your hat metaphor, most of your clothes are human, right? So, yeah, yeah. we'll leave the hat I'm, on. But I'm, I'm optimistic because when I teach people haka, yeah, I um, see them come alive in themselves. Mm. You know, and it's not everybody. I mean. And I think the extent to which I, um, people come alive or, or achieve the sense of vitality um, is down to one, how much time I get to spend with them or how much time they're spent on themselves in terms of reducing the shell which mm-hmm. we use to cover, protect ourselves, you know, this ego that we have. Um, no, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for the potential of human beings and um, I just I do these public workshops in Los Angeles, and this place is full of crazy people and dancers and actors and hippies, and um, and they come to these workshops and just to see the energy that they can draw upon from deep within themselves and share it in a, in a collective sense. They're all doing it together, and one you know they're all strangers, and they're just sharing this amazing, powerful energy with each other. And they, I just think um, there's so much potential um, within humans that. Um, I think what we have to offer is, as a culture, mm. um, yeah, it's well, it's no words really. Is kapahaka, how you teach it, available in New Zealand for all culture? Um, I, I don't know how to answer. I think yes. Mm-hmm. Um, now there's the haka experience, yep. tapitawihi. Okay. Um, so they starting to do something similar. Uh, I think it's exciting. I think I remember one time we've done one job at, at Mount Eden, and um, I th- the mistake I made was thinking that the level of knowledge of New Zealanders around haka and Māori culture is a lot more um, advanced than most of the other yeah, people. And yeah. it's, that was a mistake. Mm. Um, there's a lot of misunderstanding. There's a lot of um, myths that people have about Māori culture and haka that aren't, <laughs> well, that shouldn't exist. Um, and so, yeah, I just think we just need to get to the real basics mm. and just... 
be open about it, you know, invite people in to say, hey, this is um, a process that we go through, um, this haka, and the purpose of it is to bring us together, to connect to our real selves, our, our wairu, our spirit, mm-hmm. and we share it with one another, and if we have this collective purpose which we can channel that energy towards, it becomes a real powerful tool to be able to um, effect change, you know, mm-hmm. within ourselves, within our audience. Um, within within our community so I think it should be more and more available I agree and I feel like it's one of those things that people could do today that would help for tomorrow right yeah. like just yeah. joining something yeah. um, being part of something again singing saying stuff out loud even if you're not totally aware stick the journey through mm. and, and understand it and I do yeah. think um, uh, it, it gets a little bit freaky for people because I, I, I get why because yeah. you can go on Netflix and you feel like you're part of something but you're not you're part of this digital space right and again we're confusing these real things with these virtual things and i don't know maybe maybe people talk like this about books once upon a time like books are bad for you because you got to have conversations and let's just get back to doing stuff but I, I really do feel like um the more we head down this digital space maybe like neo in the matrix yeah. you know you just won't I feel like we're already in it. You even talked about it in America. They're part of their matrix. Yeah. And yeah, you need to find a way to break out of it. Mm. And that's through human contact and, mm. and social contact and being together. And, um, and you know, you say, you say talk out loud. Mm. And that's what haka is. Yeah. You know, you're, and, and the words are important. They're just as important. Um, and then, you know, there are haka. There are many haka, of course. But even the haka komati um, is about overcoming adversity is going from darkness um, into light again it's celebrating out of coming out of the depths of of despair um, and coming up and the sun is shining you know it's so the words are important I didn't know that yeah that's horrible that I don't know that (laughs) I can I can I can perform it but I don't understand what I'm saying yeah well Hmm. I mean there's a longer story of course and and it's um, around Te Rauparaha and what happened but the metaphor Mm. is facing death um but living life and coming out of this pit of darkness wow you just like uh got star wars it's kind of like that story too hey maybe that's subconsciously i'm i i know that's what i'm trying to do on the podcast i'm trying to bridge that gap between losing people with this whole whatever woo woo world and the science driven world i think Mm. there's a balance and yeah um maybe it's something like maybe it's not 50 50 because the the corporate world now dominates too hard you know you've got to go and do your eight hours and yeah but interesting you know it's the corporate people who ask us to come along Mm. is um, and they've got a whole bunch of people. I mean, there's, there's a couple of reasons. One, because they think they'll be bored sitting in their conferences um, for three days and they want us to come along and mm. provide entertainment um, or energy, you know, and that's one aspect. But if we have the opportunity to spend more time with them, mm. then it's different. It's, it's about, and one of the things I do is I talk about my pipiha as I did at the beginning. I talked about my mountain Taranaki, my Waitara is the river, my ancestors and my family and then I say my name and I get them all to do the same thing you wow. know and I'm saying I know when we're in the corporate world we introduce ourselves in terms of the role that we play um, or the skills that we have or the experiences that we had through other organizations but this is how we do it as Māori we're connecting to place you know and our geography where we grew up this place that we call home mm. um, we're connecting to our ancestors we're connecting to our family and then within this context 
we say our names and, and it makes us feel really small but actually also makes us feel like connected to the universe because mm. those are the important things that are so much bigger than who we are mm. um, and so I invite them to do it you know and I ask for volunteers you know it might be 200 people in the audience and I say any volunteers want to come up on stage and and it's an emotional thing for them. It's, they're nearly crying. They're talking about their ancestors who came from Europe to the U.S. Um, to escape, um, you know, Nazi concentration camps. Mm-hmm. Um, and they talk about their um, their relationship with their family. They might be their granddaughter or their uncle. And um, here, th- here they are uh, sharing these really important things with their fa- um, with their colleagues that mm-hmm. they usually just talk about work. They're bringing their real selves um, to work to the workplace environment. So I think this is what people want. I mean, uh, you know, in terms of fifty fifty, uh, you know, it's definitely not going to be that. Mm-hmm. But I think we spend so much time at work, and it's a place where we deny who we really are to yes. a large extent. Yeah. So how can we find a way to express that real that, that real part of us? Mm. And one, well, Māori are just quite good at finding ways of doing that through yeah. haka, through, but not just haka, through all these rituals that we have. Mm. You know, <laughs> I don't know if this is going to come across right. It's probably not, because I'm whatever. Um, I think about things like, uh, take smoking, for example, right? Horrible for you. But it gave us a way to have a micro break and have a chat. And we took smoking away because it's bad for you. And I 100% agree with that. This is not an advert for smoking. But we never replaced it with anything. So we scienced out the chat as well. We, you know, the baby out with the bathwater type mm, stuff. And, yeah. and so when you know, we talk about trying to delegate where you put time and what you do, I don't think we have a vocabulary on what to do. So I try and kind of work out from what you're saying what one of those things might be. And it might be, for example, uh, you practicing your self-corridor, right? Like um, talk about your ancestry and where you came from. And it might just be you saying that to yourself, right? It's not a it's like almost like a mantra or something like that but if um is there a way we could order it so when you did your maori introduction yeah what was the order um well firstly i acknowledged everybody else okay. so i acknowledge you yep. uh, first and then we was listening here today i acknowledged them mm-hmm. um and just by doing that we're starting to create connections between each other you know so I say tēnā koe and that just means that is you literally that's all it means okay. or tēnā koutu that is you mm-hmm. um, refer- referring to more than one um, but in doing so I'm, I'm acknowledging you um, your ancestors and where you come from and all those things that sort of start binding us together um, then I talked about myself so my mountain is Taranaki mm-hmm. Waitara is my river um, Ngati Maru and Te Atiawa, they're my tribes on my mum's side I didn't say um, my dad's side but I'm European yeah. um, through my father and then within that context I said Carl Carl is my name mm. it's the last thing I said wow okay uh, do you think it would be appropriate that people if they wanted to um, maybe as a step one write all those things out for yourself read it to yourself it's probably a good thing for yep. maybe mental health yep. um, say it out loud to yourself or to others if you get the opportunity and if you wanted to um, you know find a way to translate it into Māori and learn that yep that so cool. there's a there's a website called Pipiha mm. P-E-P-E-H-A um, I think it's .co.nz okay. I'm not sure we'll put a link up yeah and that has a structure so it's just a matter of filling in um, the gaps you know you've got you to find the one that works for you uh, and when I teach this you know and I mean I've 
do this in central London mm-hmm. or um, you know in Los Angeles or wherever, and there's people there who. Well, London, for example, they don't have mountains, you know. So I say, you know, it's a place where it's significant to you, you know. It's, it's as May Lee said to me once, um, who's right here, um, you know, it's when you see something and you think, ah, I'm home, mm-hmm. you know, it's that feeling. Mm-hmm. And for some of my clients, it's the playground that they grew up um, visiting uh, on part of the estate, you know, that they were, when they were ch- children. So. It's whatever makes you feel connected to place. Mm. You know, for us, we have these magnificent mountains that are part of who our culture and who we are because of the landscape. But for other people, it might be different. You know, mm. and I talk about Farinui. You know, it might be our, our meeting house, but that, you know, that's not relevant to other people. But you know, is there a homestead? Is there a church, a mosque that might be something that reminds you of who you are and how you're connected to your community and your mm. ancestors? Man, I love it. But more than that, I think it's. Um very important that people just think about this stuff right because now all the minds are thinking well where where's my favorite place yeah. why haven't i thought about that in 20 years yeah you know i know the places i hate motorway yeah. <laughs> work boring lunchtime chats where there's no cigarettes you know yeah. all those things and and um i just think sometimes we overcomplicate it and we have mm-hmm. to have a manual for how you're supposed to be happy or something or you got to go and um take pills or something like that and mm. maybe it's um, some of those things are within um, but just with our cultures mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. I belong I belong to somewhere you know and if we can share ourselves in this way I, I like to think we start to get a bit closer to who we really are um, and then we start to be a bit more vulnerable and um, I think we're able to connect with each other on a bit more meaningful level mm. and that's what I help my clients to do that's awesome well there's going to be lots more clients after this because everyone's going to be <laughs> wow where's your podcast I want to hear more of those thoughts and it's a serious question you know like we do live now where equipment isn't expensive like it was before you had to burn the film well, remember back in the day we had to take photographs yeah. and maybe four of them would be usable and now that's the good thing about having this disposable world is you can record and capture and um, yeah so so the kind of you know landing the plane coming to the end um, I ask each guest to reflect on a, a, a moment that blew their mind and I guess what I mean by that is what's a game-changing perspective do you have a moment which you went to bed one carl and woke up a new version of you do you know what i mean yeah it's quite a personal thing really um i mean you don't have to share yeah it's just um you can if you want Mm. another example yeah um all i can say is that there was a difficult situation where we within my family where people were clashing um, and people weren't getting on and it was really left for me to make a decision about which way we should go um, and it was really horrible it was um, and it's sort of ripping our family to bits you know and I just remember going to and as we do in these situations we go to nature and um, we sort of let everything go and 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 I just I, I think the process that I went to to find the answer the solution to the question was just um, realizing I had nothing you know nothing left um, and everything was broken and given away and and at that moment sort of the answer just came to me mm-hmm. um, and it wasn't like the answer was difficult because uh, there's only one or two it just, I knew which ones there were, the choices were mm-hmm. but once everything had broken and fallen away i probably my ego um, I just knew what to do and that was um, putting my son first at this particular instance right. and 
going back to what we talked about mm-hmm. before, you know, it's like um, once you've sorted out yourself, um, that's when you can really give to others mm. and put others before yourself. Mm. So, and, yeah. Awesome, bro. Well, thanks for sharing. Um, also, reconfirming my hypothesis that we are, in fact, very complicated creatures. <laughs> uh, it sometimes feels like the goal is to eat, drink, and boogie, but it's way deeper than that. Eh? And, mm. and for some reason, we have this, whether it be a higher power or not, because, you know, lots of people believe both or none, whatever they believe. But it's good to know that we're we're out there, and we're you know there's and sharing it and yeah giving and and it lives somewhere in this uh, metaphorical world and the physical world like love you know I always bring it up it's like mm. what is that mm. it's, it's everything and nothing it's a feeling and you know when you have it so it's something in there which um and I've talked to friends and they're like well it's nothing more than you know your synapses firing and it's so that you will have um safety for tomorrow and i'm like yeah tell someone who's in love that Mm, yeah and good luck you know (laughs) i think like like i said before um in terms of identifying who we are in relation to our ancestors and our family and our environment it's like sometimes it makes you feel like the smallest thing but it also makes you feel like the biggest thing at exactly the same time so it's the same as love awesome Mm. um where can people check out your journey um if it's if it's a corporate thing or just to follow what you're up to um, yeah, so I have a company called Huckerworks. So we have uh, our website's huckerworks.com. I do a lot of work on LinkedIn um, because, you know, targeting um, corporate people yep. and businesses, organizations, but really just people who work together. You know, when you have more than one person working with another one, that's mm. where we can come in. Um, a little bit on um, Huckerworks, our Facebook page, and um, Huckerworks on Instagram. We've got a little community page now, um, Huckerworks Community, because we're doing these public workshops. So we've had one in London, two in LA, next one's in Estonia, wow. um, and then another one back in London soon. So Awesome. Yeah. Man, what about New Zealand? Are we, are we on the list? <laughs> um, well, why not, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think why not, I suppose the question is, it's kind of a, um, a scary place to do teach Hucker because everyone has their own opinion and and um, ideas about it. Mm. But also, like you were saying, there's a whole lot of people that don't. We so. get left behind too, yeah. you know? Yeah. Like, uh, so I'm European in Cook Island, and yeah. you would think my culture game is on point, but it's not. Mm. And so yeah. that's why I'm trying to express myself in these ways. And I feel like that's that's quite common. You know, yeah. so yeah. yeah, I think uh, maybe when you fix the world, come back and come back and help New Zealand. <laughs> yeah, um, okay, that's us. Thank you, brother, for yeah. joining. Good Thank you me. for being in the caravan. If I kind of hope that after a thousand conversations, this place has captured all of those <laughs> lessons, and I can I don't know what I'll, my son will come and move into the caravan. Um, that's us. Thanks everybody for watching and listening, and we'll see you in the next podcast. This message is brought to you by Deadpool. Hi, Deadpool here. I just want to give maximum effort to my favorite Kiwi podcaster, Will Fleming, from Please Blow My Mind. Thank you for blowing my pants. <coughs> I mean mine, Will. If you also want your pants blown, go ahead and rate and review Please Blow My Mind on iTunes right now. And tell them Deadpool sent you. From the bottom of my pants, spank you. <laughs>